This is Asia's Farm to Fork Five Good Questions podcast, bringing you insights and views from across Asia's food value chain. Now for today's interview. Hello, everybody. This is Duke Hip, host of Asia's Farm to Fork Five Good Questions podcast, and we're very excited to bring another great guest to you today. We're speaking today with Dr. Glenn Gregorio. He's a director at Southeast Asian Regional Center for Graduate Study and Research in Agriculture, as, or as we all like to refer to it, CIRCA, and Los Banos in the Philippines. Dr. Gregorio, how are you? Good. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Excellent. Well, we're, we're, we're very lucky and fortunate to have you. Thanks for, for joining us today. And so um, in the, uh, as we like to say, in the spirit of the five good questions, if it's okay, we'll, we'll jump right in. The first okay. question, yeah. So first, before we get started and, and talk about all the tough questions, um, since I think there may be a few folks who who are curious about Circa, let me maybe just share a little bit about uh, the surface level. Circa, is, as you know, is a nonprofit, of course, organization based in the Philippines with a mandate and proud tradition of building capacities in agricultural and rural development across Southeast Asian uh, countries. My math, the last 55 years, I think, or close to it, um, so my question for you, of course, you, you're a, a longtime experienced leader in this in the sector, but but not th- that uh, long time, but circa, I think just the last couple of years. So my my question is, is there something about circa over these last uh, couple of years, these first two years for you leading the organization that you didn't expect? Maybe something about the issues or the people or, or the work that uh, maybe you didn't ex- expect that you find uh, a little bit uh, you know, different. Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. Actually, uh, you know, I'm, I'm in my previous career, I was a, a geneticist, plant scientist, a plant breeder, and my work focuses on rice breeding or crop breeding or genetics. It sounds so different to what I'm doing now at Circa as a center director, which is more on on institutional uh, leadership and management role in research and education. So it's quite a different level before I talk to plants only. Now I'm talking to people and different institutions, even different governments or the ministry. So from focusing before on rice or on corn, which, uh, which I'm doing much of that, I now get to deal with bigger pictures of agriculture and different disciplines involving it, economics or environment and all those things. But what is surprising here is not, are not the differences, but the similarities. So in reading, we have to consider the internal and the external uh, stresses, or because I work on uh, abiotic stresses in rice, we have to review historical findings, literatures, and doing all these, uh, these things. The present empirical evidence to come up with sound conclusions, that's uh, the very science of it. Uh, we have to place systemic and interdisciplinary approach. So those are the similarities. These are all the applications when we when we are managing a regional organizations like Circa. We have to do a lot of planning, monitoring, and evaluation. At the same time, we discover and maximize the opportunities opportunities that come on our way when finding out as we go as planned. Okay, but but actually the similarities is like breeding or crop breeding, it starts with a seed. So like in institution, it starts with a, with a plant. If you have a good seed, you have a good harvest. If you have a good plant, you have a good products for, for the institution. So that's uh, my, yeah. Very, very, very wise answer. No, it makes a lot of sense. There are a lot of similarities, certainly. Well, we'll pivot over to maybe some of the more in-depth 
questions now about the region. So as you know, one of the big challenges for the world is the growing population. Right? I think uh, the UN has said that the population is, is on track to reach between 9 and 10 billion by the year 2050, which is, seems like a long uh, time away, but actually not, not that far off. And in addition to that, there's some challenges specifically with Asia, certainly ASEAN, but, but Asia as a whole larger region uh, around uh, the fact that we've got a question around the, the health uh, nutrition of some of the folks in our region specifically. I believe one of the statistics says that um, nearly 2 billion people can't afford a healthy diet currently in Asia. And two thirds of the children uh, suffer from the physical effects of malnutrition. Again, this is from the UN, not not uh, not not me, but um, but they're troubling statistics and, and trends. And so, in, in light of that, what what do you think are some of the things we can do, maybe uh, collectively as stakeholders, to do a better job of ensuring that there's a, a safe, nutritious, and affordable supply of food uh, to feed that growing population here in the region? Yeah, uh, actually, as you see now with the pandemic and with the situation also, before the pandemic, we have all these problems and the nutrition, the food availability, and of course, the climate change also. We could see that the food and nutrition security challenges of the Southeast Asian region remains to be perennial concern. Now, and it now requires more decisive and uh, systematic actions. We have to put our forces together to make it systematic, not uh, bit by bit, which, which uh, a lot are, are, are lagged behind. So any decisions now on transformation, transformative action towards achieving sustainable food system, food and nutrition system uh, must be, I, I, I have five S now, must be scaled, must be systemic, must be science-based and society-focused and sustain. This is a very general question, but we could go in this specific maybe in the next uh, conversation we have. So that's what CIRCA is doing. We should have to make this fine scale systemic, should be science-based, society-focused and sustained. And we envision to strengthen uh, actually our food, major food system in each country of Southeast Asian region. Uh, you have to operationalize by integrated innovation. We have to integrate all in in a beautiful way, we have to weave it nicely so that we have to, to consider our innovation in, I will we'll call it five P's. We have the people, we have the place, we have the process, and we have the pockets, which is the profit, which is to be sustainable. So I again, the five P's, before we have the five S, we have the place, we have to consider the place, the environment, we have to see the process, we have to think about the pockets, which is the, the profit, and of course, the people, which is very important. It's the whole aspect of, of, of the society. And how to achieve this? This is the challenge. We need the urgent innovation in research and education, which this is very near my heart, which is very near circa. Research and ed education to increase efficiency across the supply chain and the massive promotion of responsible consumption that takes pride in the Southeast Asian culture and lifestyle. So it should be under a Southeast Asian perspective. We should not just be copying from the other countries, especially we are, we are different environment, different culture. We should have our own framework to make this happen. We have to consider our own culture, our own uh, food system. So in general, that's my short answer to that a very general question also, because I know we could go to the specific base of those answers. Yeah, no, it's a great, it's a great answer, um, and, I, and I think what you said, you hear others certainly say it too. It's a holistic approach, and you've got to consider the regional context. It makes a, a lot of sense. 
Well, that brings us to the third question. Um, and something you touched on in that in an answer around food systems, uh, you mentioned food systems, and that 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 makes me uh, think about uh, something I know you that's happening this year. Big discussion that's happening. The UN is driving this 2021 UN Food Systems Summit. It's taking place, and as you know, that summit is all about looking at the seven, 17 Sustainable Development Goals, the SDGs that are much talked about. And are we on track with a lot of these as we get closer and closer to some of the, the 2030 timeline? And so I know in, in that spirit, last month, circa along with CropLife Asia, uh, carried out uh, an independent dialogue um, to really hear from regional, regional stakeholders. In this case, it was regional farmers uh, who, who are such a key uh, stakeholder here in this region for so many reasons. But to have to hear from them directly on a number of different issues. And I'm wondering if you might be able to share as well, before I go jump to that, the name of the dialogue, well, the title of the dialogue was Transforming Pathways, Working with Farmers and Agri-Food Systems. And I think that name really uh, captures the, the spirit of what that dialogue was all about. But would you mind sharing maybe what the, some of the top takeaways were from, from that discussion and what we heard from farmers? Yeah, actually, that's a very, very nice dialogue where we are hearing the, the concern and the, it becomes the platform for the farmer to voice out their concerns at the same time, their achievements in, in how they contribute the food system. So the, from the farmer's point of view, there is a need, they mentioned that there is a need to improve emphasis on consumer concern for healthy and nutritious food. And this includes also uh, improving the nutrition of, of our traditional foods. There's also concern about the environment. This is reflected in the government programs and uh, farmers' practices, but uh, more information is needed to heighten the farmers' awareness and involvement in environmental stewardship. So environment is a very, very prominent in the discussion. There's also points raised on farmers' empowerment through associations or cooperatives, technologies for cost reduction that is very concerned for the production side of, of it, and yield maximization in the context of monoculture. So we are talking about um, farm clustering and uh, financial technologies also, which the farmers uh, need in this time of uh, to contribute more in the, the food system. So generally, we have to... Uh, improve the understanding of food system co concept and the roles of farmers in shaping it. They have a big role in this and they just want where they could go into the, the whole process of the food system. So in general, that's what has been discussed. Yes, I, I hear you. Well, that, again, I think it, it speaks to a, a fact about uh, agriculture here in Asia. So many smallholders uh, whose voices are kind of get lost in the shuffle. With a lot of these big discussions, I think it's so important and clearly sound like it was a successful um, initiative. So that brings me to the fourth question. And since we're on the topic of farmers, maybe we should stay there and talk a bit more. Um, noting that, again, um, smallholders are um, 85%, I think, of the, of the world's smallholders are right here in Asia. And Asia is also home to the smallest size farms, the largest number of smallholders, as I noted. And uh, such a unique uh, story they have to tell. I wonder... Uh, beyond what we heard from the farmers with the dialogue that you know, we just got into, you, you shared about uh, that you heard from from Indonesia, Thailand, Vietnam, and the Philippines. Uh, what else needs to be uh, given thought to and done to make sure that these farmers have what they need to be successful? And as you noted too, being good stewards of the land uh, at the same time on those environmental issues. Yeah, uh, actually during the UN Food System Summit Independent Dialogue, which co-shared by Circa and the CropLife Asia, I shared our vision to transform farmers into new farmers, or I call it the trans farmers, with a progressive mindset, 
perspective on farming as a business operating in a modern agricultural ecology. So from a traditional farmer, make them having a business mindset to be entrepreneurs with the new technology you have, you have the transformer. So that's what uh, I want to, to give you the, the message of transformers. And I would like to also to reiterate that we can accelerate this transformation through a stronger collaboration between the academe, the industry, and the government. Unless you have this three triangle interconnectivity, it will not be sustainable. We need the, the academe to where the invention is. The innovation will go to the, once the invention is taken by the industry, that's where the innovation will come in and where the government will facilitate and enable the two to make this really happen, to make the, the, the transformation really happen. So uh, that's what I, I want, I, I emphasize it. Transformer and academic industry government interconnectivity to make this uh, happen. Excellent, thank you for that answer. And I think it makes perfect sense. And we'll move on then to the last question. And uh, we usually with this question, this is the fifth question, we usually uh, sort of take a step back and say, okay, we've talked a lot about the challenges and certainly they come up in our in our chat about the environment around climate change and, and just a lot of uh, issues that farmers are facing specifically but is there anything you'd, you'd, you'd consider or point to that's happening you see is a as a sign of um to give cause for optimism something good that's happening and you'd say maybe looking in your crystal ball from 10, 10 years from now you think this is going to be a good development uh, in ASEAN something that's going to be realized that you feel good about yeah, because of um, actually because of this pandemic, I always look on the positive side because of this uh, health pandemic. We have people, the government, the public, the public, the private sector starts to realize the importance of food, and now they start studying where the food is coming from, and they become very interested in the food, and that is where transformation will come in. The government, the policymakers are very receptive to any innovation you want because because of the pandemic. We, we realize the importance of food, even our children starts to realize the importance of food. So uh, because of this, I could see the, they, we could now do the innovations we want, especially from us, from the academy. And we, I, I could see the establishment of the local food baskets will differently uh, transcend the pandemic. Uh, the same time, the urban agriculture will be there. Many people now, because they realize that logistics, if their food is coming from very far, they start to have their local food security, local and even the provincial level up to the national level. So they want to have, even in the community level, they want even from the home level, they start to have this uh, community pantry. They have to have a secure community pantry within them. So urban agriculture, even from the cities, they start to, to realize this. On the higher level, on the ASEAN integration, we also play an important role for ensuring the free flow of goods and services within the region. So the policy of not hindering, but there should be an enabling for the different governments to the free flow of food within the region. So within that, uh, that's my uh, crystal ball that I could see now that everyone is now uh, going into food the food system will now be more visible and the, um, the government is now more receptive to fund research at the same time, anything about food production and uh, distribution. 
Well, that would be a great development. I sure hope you're uh, you, you're onto something there around the you know again a greater appreciation for uh, the, the the role of innovation and just where your food comes from and uh, and how it all comes together to make the food systems more resilient, absolutely and sustainable. Well, Dr. Gregoria, we've 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 concluded the the five questions. You're, you're officially off the hot seat of the Five Good Questions podcast. We appreciate your time. We appreciate your insights, and thank you for doing this. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. And if you did, please rate, review, and subscribe. We look forward to bringing you another Five Good Questions interview 